We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it's April 11th, it is 2023. We have 10 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast, joined by my buddy Keith Eister, Eyes819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Not too much, man. It's uh, Baseball is now the star of the show. We've, we're past the NBA regular season, so very happy to get in and get into the daily grind of baseball. That's my favorite time of the year. I love just soaking in all the baseball, watching what's going on around the league. We've got a good night going on Monday night. Texas just kind of exploded right before we jumped on the podcast here. Offense was kind of quiet until an Adolis Garcia grand slam. So interesting to see how that plays out. Coors was looking pretty shaky for a while. It's picked up a little bit. We'll see. We're into the bullpens now. So excited to see how Monday night plays out and cannot wait to break down this Tuesday slate. Yeah, I mean, interesting um, Monday slate. I mean, it's way too early to say, like, if it's going to be good for me or bad for me. 
Um, Lots of angels ownership still coming, right? A lot of angels ownership. <laughs> and like, I'm very, I, I went three of my four teams has uh, Urias. So I want to, I mean, it really just kind of depends on how he pitches as well. So very high on Elder, very high on Urias, very high on Castillo. Castillo didn't work out. Um, so we'll see what happens. But anyway, I, I do have a question for you before we get rolling here. Okay. Kevin Roth causes you the Iceman. I'm so curious how that nickname came about. So Ice was always like the like shortened version of my last name. Iceman, like, I have relatives that have been called that, but that's never really been like my thing. But Ice or shortened to Ice was kind of like playing sports. It was always like, "What's up, Ice?" Like, how's it going? Like Ice was Ice was the nickname back in like the high school sports days. Okay, I didn't know if it was like a Kevin Roth created nickname or not. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't like out in the public, but one of the first shows Roth and I did together, he was like, "You've got to do something better than Keith." Like, come on, we we need Keith. Something better than Keith. So then that's when I brought up that people used to call me Ice, and he's like, "Oh, that's way better." And he has uh, ran with it and never looked back. Yeah, it is also it, it's also <laughs> my screen name too. Ice eight one nine. So. Like yeah. it, it was there for the taking, but it was never like any RG shows I did before Roth. It was never brought up, and then, yeah, Roth definitely brought that out into the public. All right, I was curious. I was on Grinders Live before you guys today, on, and like I was like, "What the heck is he saying?" So, um, <laughs> listen, I I was just curious more than anything else. But all right, we got ten baseball games. No more messing around. Um, I, I can't do a Dean. I can't um, nonchalantly talk about something for 40 minutes and then try to talk about baseball for the next 20. <laughs> um, all joking. I hope Dean is feeling better. He wasn't feeling good on Grinders Live today. So hopefully my buddy is feeling better. Let's jump into it. We got Detroit at Toronto to get us started here. Manning against Manoa. This game has an eight and a half total. The Blue Jays, a 275 favorite. Any interest here in Matt Manning? No interest in Manning. Um, tough Toronto lineup. Strikeouts are just not quite there for him. It was a really good prospect coming up, but guy just has not figured it out. There's some underpriced, mispriced pitching on this slate. I don't think I'm going down to Manning against this tough Toronto lineup. Yeah, I mean, the first mispriced guy is right on the other side of this game. Um, yep. Alec Manoa, 7,700, going up against the one of the worst offenses in baseball with Detroit. So I'm assuming when you say that, that's one of the spots you think that is very underpriced. Yes, definitely. Um, last year, attacking Detroit with right-handed starting pitching was probably the most profitable thing all year long. Manoa, generally a better real-life pitcher than a DFS pitcher, but oftentimes we see his price tag up in like the 9K range. He's 7,700 against one of the worst offenses in baseball. I don't know what DraftKings is doing, there's another guy that I think is egregiously mispriced, kind of in the same range, too, that we're going to get to. Um, like, Manoa is probably not going to go out there and get you nine or ten strikeouts, but he's going to go six, seven innings, especially against this Detroit team that's really aggressive. They don't take walks. I, I mean, if it weren't for the uh, for Pablo Lopez, I'll just put the name out there because he's he's egregiously priced and he's been awesome. But like Manoa would be massive chalk. It might just be chalk to build with two pitchers in the seven K range on this slate. 
like Detroit's been a little bit better this year, but Manoa is still a smash. Like he's he's a far better pitcher than Detroit is a hitting team. I don't I don't care that he's not like a thirty percent strikeout guy. Give me six or seven Ks over seven innings, and that's a smash at seventy seven hundred for sure. I'm just gonna go out and say I would not build with two guys under eight K today. Um, there there's some really great high end pitching options on the slate, but Lopez is underpriced. So I think it really for me, Manoa is I think a fantastic play. Um, I mean this guy. We saw a little bit of issues here to start the season. A um, lot better in his second start against Kansas City. That St. Louis team is really tough. But, I mean, his strikeout and swinging strike rate, the swinging strike rate is is up kind of where he was at, you know, in 2021 and 2022. So I'm not too concerned about his strikeout rate being 17% instead of 23 to 25%. Um, I think this is a spot we see him, I mean, go out and have a really good game. I mean, if he pitches anywhere like he pitched against Kansas City, Puts up 30, close to 30 fantasy points in this spot. So, fantastic spot for Manoa. Um, any interest in the Detroit bats at all? No, none. Um, like I said, Manoa is a great real-life pitcher. Um, like, the control was spotty in his last start, but, like, he's a, generally a pretty good control pitcher. Keeps the ball on the ground a lot. Gets a lot of soft contact. And Detroit's just not very talented. No interest. All right, going to the Toronto side. I mean, Manning's not a bad pitcher i i don't know if i'd want to classify him as a bad pitcher um he's young and we still have a lot to kind of make of him i mean he is a pretty high when it comes like prospect uh good fastball his breaking ball stuff i mean i think is going to be this thing that like really sets him back he needs some breaking ball stuff I don't think I want to play him in this spot. Um, he is better against, or I mean, I, I already said I don't really want to play him in this spot, but he is better against righties. I think like this could be a spot you don't play Manning and you don't play Toronto bats at their prices. But the flip side of that is like Toronto can break any slate. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, similar. It's lukewarm because Manning does do a decent job of of managing contact. It's the, the strikeouts that never showed up. Like he struck out a ton of guys in double A AA and triple A just all coming up through the minors. That's why he was one of the best pitching prospects in baseball at, at a point, but that hasn't translated. So I think there's a chance that Toronto could absolutely get to him. They obviously have a very deep, very powerful lineup. They're expensive though. And like I said, Manning is like, it just does a decent job of managing contact. So probably more of a three man stack for me than, like five man stacking Toronto, but you can certainly look for a home run or two here. Um, Vlad is coming off a down year last year. I think he's kind of on a mission to, to make up for last year. So I'm, I'm always going to be interested in Vlad, especially in the early going here. Bichette Springer are fine, but all those guys are over 5k. Varsho would probably be my second favorite after Vlad. Um, Kirk fills the catcher position, or if it's Jansen, I'm fine with him at 3,300 too. But like I said, it's more of a three-man for me for Toronto than than a full stack. Yeah, I mean, just target the power, you know? Yep. And it's like, I will, like, throw a little caution at the wind um, when it comes to Manning. Like, he seems like he's going to give up. Splits-wise, he seems like he's going to be um, a lot better against righties than lefties. Uh, looking at, like, his advanced numbers, it looks like he's going to have really solid stuff for righties. And like, that's just my problem when like trying to find guys, maybe I won off like Varsho here. Maybe, I mean, that's my, where it might be where I like end up. Um, so 
All right, San Diego at New York facing the Mets. We have a eight nine total. Um, I almost read that wrong. Nine total. The Mets are a one forty eight favorite. Weathers and Peterson. Um, Marte banged up. Was not back in the lineup on Monday. We'll see if he's back here or not. We'll go Weathers first. Um, I mean, actually, like not the worst outing in the world. His first start up, like he had an okay start. Five innings, two earned runs, two strikeouts, a walk, um, ninety pitches. Like. I mean, this is typically a guy that I want to target. He doesn't grade out to be an above-average pitcher yet. Um, do you have any interest in playing him here against the Mets? No interest in playing him. It's The stuff is still just not quite translating. He still only had two strikeouts. He was better than expected. Um, that, that start against Arizona, I played a lot of Arizona bats, and he was just kind of okay. He he was a first-round pick, if I recall correctly. Like, There's some pedigree here for Weathers. It's just taking him a little bit longer to figure it out. Um, but there's no chance I'm playing him against the Mets here. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. Um, I want to see this stuff translate. And it, and like you said, it really hasn't. Um, and we see this like sometimes like it takes some time sometimes. And sometimes like guys just click and they're amazing. But um, I mean, last year we only Paul saw lefties have a, a really tough time figuring out mechanics too, which is what Weathers is. So that that could be playing a bit of a role in why it's taken him so long to figure it out. Well, what I thought was interesting, like you know, you mentioned like he was a first round pick. Like um, if I remember correctly, coming into last season, I try to follow my prospects and I try to do my due diligence with that. I'm almost positive he was a top 100 arm last year, top 100 um, prospect. And he's he not in that been. like, he's not in that list this year. So I don't know. Um, you know, maybe they're taking a step back on where they think he's going to go, or he's just like you said, just not progressing well. I don't think I want to play him in this spot. Um, the Mets they don't strike out. I mean, it's it's really tough to play them. We we saw they just. I mean, they didn't really like beat Darvish, but they beat Darvish. I mean, if that makes any kind of sense. Um, so. And I think Darvish, at the end of the day, is a better pitcher than Weathers. Um, so, what did Darvish? He ended up with like five strikeouts, um, five run runs. Like they just beat him. Uh, the other side of this game, we got Peterson on the hill. Any interest in Peterson here? Not against San Diego, and not on this slate. You talked about a couple of top end pitchers. We're absolutely going to want to target. We've talked about one seven K pitcher. We, we already know, well, really, we've, we've mentioned both of the seven K pitchers. I just, I don't think you need Peter, to take chances on Peterson against San Diego. If it was a different matchup, I, I like the pitcher. I think there's upside, but not going to be the slate for me for Peterson. Yeah, I mean, it was, okay, it was good to see, like, Scherzer have a good start. It wasn't fantastic, but it was good. Um, still, I mean, I feel like Scherzer's still struggling a little bit with his command. I don't want to play Peterson. Um, San Diego, a much higher strikeout rate against right-handed pitching than left-handed pitching. Um, I mean, they're going to leave some of these lefties in there, but they're also going to platoon some guys out. So I don't think this is a spot you want to play Peterson. I will say the fact that he is going to get, you know, two to three lefties here. He is a 33% K rate guy to lefties. I just don't think this is the right slate. Let's talk bats. Um, San Diego against Peterson. Any interest here for them? Some, um, but again, another expensive team. And if you're not going to build with low range pitchers, and I, I agree with your statement, like we have some real upside um, and they're probably underpriced too, which we'll get to, but 
like Nelly Cruz broke out. We haven't seen a big game from him in a while. So that was nice to see, but now his price is up to 4,600. Like, I think he's fine as a one-off. I also don't think he has the same like 40 homer power that he had even two or three years ago. Bogarts is 5,300. Machado's 5,800. Soto's lefty lefty and 6K. I I don't like the pricing on San Diego here. They're a, a very talented offense, but. I don't I don't see anyone really other than Kim at 2700 who's maybe underpriced. Like if Cruz's price was cheaper, I'd have a ton of interest as a as a one-off, but with this pricing, I am probably just skipping San Diego bats on this one. Yeah, I mean, you could potentially look at like a bottom end bottom end stack here with like a Kim um Ozakar is someone that probably bats 8th or ninth tier. We saw him last year, though. He really struggled with left-handed pitching. Um, so maybe that's not a guy that you want. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, Machado for sure. Like, if you're if you're three-manning this team, Machado has to be at the top of your list. It's whether or not you go Machado Soto or Machado Xander Bogarts. Um, and I think, like, Kim is just going to have to be, like, that third piece because of the price um, and to save – to make the three-man stack, like, doable price-wise. Uh, Mets side, man, I want to target Weathers here. I hate the ballpark. And, you know, one of the reasons I don't want to full stack San Diego either is I just, I don't love the ballpark. Um, It's a really tough ballpark for hitters. But, I mean, Weathers is, I feel like he's such a, like a guy you want to target. Like Pete Alonzo, he's 6,100. And I feel like he's going to be lower owned on this slate just because of what we have on this slate as far as bats. And, his price um but like the flip side of that is like if you're playing like a little three-man here with the mets the rest of the potential three-man stack is is somewhat chief uh cheap so i mean i definitely don't mind getting alonzo and then looking at you know guys like i mean didn't le castro get called up like he could potentially be in the lineup here at 2k um and we saw him last year in a very small sample size he hit left-handed pitching pretty well so, I mean, there's going to be some cheap pieces here to build around Alonzo. Mark Khanna, um, what is he? He's like 36, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's going to be some cheap pieces to build around um, Pete Alonzo here. Yeah, Pete Alonzo is the real target. Any Anytime you get Pete Alonzo against a lefty, especially a low strikeout lefty like Weathers, it's all systems go. The price tag is is a little worrisome. So, rather than one-offing them, I do like the three-man idea. Um I love the Canna call, 3,600. Fam, 3,700 is fine. Um, a guy, I'm interested in the catching situation. If Francisco Alvarez happens to crack the lineup, he is like the best prospect in baseball. Top three by any any metric, any system you're looking at, Francisco Alvarez is going to hit in this league. He's 2,400. Fills a catcher position. I Like even a two-man of Alvarez and, and Pete Alonso, I can get behind. Um yeah, I'm not full stacking here just because of the pricing. Like Lindor is priced up, like Nimmo's lefty lefty and 4600. McNeil, no thanks. Um, but I, I want I want some exposure to Pete Alonso. If Marte were to make it back, he's overpriced too. But um, I want exposure to Alonso, and I'm looking for other pieces. I think looking for value like Francisco Alvarez is probably my favorite favorite option. They also have Fam, who could potentially hit towards the top of the order if Marte's out. Um, I mean, I feel like I know why they're playing uh, Nitto over um, 
it's for defense over Alvarez, like yeah. the defense. Yeah. So, but like with the new rules in baseball, man, like you're DHing. So like, I feel like if Vogelbach lefty lefty, maybe they DH Alvarez in this spot and you get some at bats that way. So, That'd be um, nice. yeah, I mean this, I could see him like in the lineup hitting fifth and then you could go like Alonzo Alvarez Kana. Um, yeah. and I mean that that's a solid little three man, even in the ballpark. All right, Cincinnati at Atlanta. This game does not have a total. It's assumed that Kyle Wright is going to be activated and pitch in this game. Everything I've read is he's on track um, to pitch here. And then Sessa is going to pitch for Cincinnati. We'll go to Sessa first. Um, We've seen the Braves with some strikeout ability here to start the season and I don't think I can do it. <laughs> I, still, <laughs> I still don't see myself doing it here. Yeah. Uh, we Shout out to Justin Carlucci. He had the ladder on scores and odds. If you guys aren't signed up for yeah. scores and odds, like you're just doing it wrong. There's so much great information over there. Um, I, I heard you talking about him on Grinders Live as well. I played. Well, I talked about him because I did a deep dive because I saw Lucha's write-up. Um, and I was like, what the heck? And I like yep. looked into it more and I was like, Man, they like everyone on the Braves had like a 35 to 40% whiff rate against cutters. Or, and then like four or five of them had like a 250 plus ISO. So I was like, man, this is boom bust spot if I've ever seen one. So <laughs> yep, it was a great he, he was, and he was right in the same price with Elder. Elder ended up dominating as well. So it did not matter. But the pivot to Ashcraft was absolutely amazing if you were playing tournaments on Monday night. Louis Sessa is not Graham Ashcraft. Um, I think he gets blown up here. Um, like, Hunter love Renfro the Braves the home run. Sorry, I gotta gotta give my boy Hunter Renfro a little small clap there. He just no, that's nice. A, that's that's a nice home run. That that's worth a small clap. Absolutely. I'm, I'm told yeah. I interrupted you like four times there. No, for no interest. Just say that Sess is not on play. Correct. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I'll, all right. I'm sorry. I'll try not to interrupt you. Um, all right. Kyle Wright's coming here, going to throw his first um, game technically of the season. He made a rehab start in AAA last week. Um, he did not pitch well in that rehab start, but he was at 84 pitches. Um, Cincinnati is the lineup. I mean, one of the reasons that Elder was so much in play yesterday took a huge, like, 180 on him from the podcast to like grinders live and like premium content. Just I, I like, I underestimated just how bad the Cincinnati lineup is. Um, <laughs> you, you know, at the end of the I'm day, I'm interrupting you now. I played way too much Cincinnati on, on Monday night. <laughs> I was the opposite. Um, like elder elder is not a bad pitcher. He just hasn't translated into the majors yet. And like, just looking at how bad the Cincinnati lineup was, I was like, man, this is, almost a triple a lineup maybe he can pitch as well as he did um in triple a but i i mean what are we doing here with kyle wright like did they just price him out of play on DraftKings here at 9300 i mean my initial thought was like okay i, I might have some interest but looking at his price it's like how the heck do i pay 9200 for a guy that got shelled in his rehab start and like he's 9100 on fanduel on a one pitcher site so i love the matchup I think Kyle Wright is very talented. 
He's very good against righties. I just, I mean, I think they priced him out on both sides. I completely agree with you. Um, when I, when I saw Kyle Wright was making the start, when I started researching, I was very interested. And then I saw the price and it's like, I, there's no way. Like, because of the other two aces that are underpriced, Wright is a thousand overpriced. Like, 84 pitches was really nice to see. But like even in a great matchup, he, and we know he's getting probably 90 plus, right around 90 pitches in this spot. He should be like 8,500, 8,600 maybe. 9,300 is too much to pay. The, like we'll get, I have something written down for later. Like I'm, I'm very heavily interested in where Kyle Wright's strikeout prop opens because if they open him at three and a half or four and a half, I'm hammering the over on that. Um, but I, I just don't think you can play him in DFS at this price. I mean, one struggle inning, and you're 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 hurting. Um, yeah. If he's eight K, this this discussion is so much different. Like, if he's eight K, if they incentivize us to take the chance on him, then it's just such a like I don't want to play Cincinnati bats. But on the flip side, like if he struggled that much in a rehab start, um, it was a shoulder injury for Kyle Wright. Like this isn't like a, a a finger, a hamstring. Like it was a shoulder injury. So if he struggled that much in his rehab start. I think we have to at least say maybe we're taking some Cincinnati bats in this spot. Um, I, I don't know. I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence on like right. I, like his price just kind of throws me off. And then the Cincinnati bats. I mean, this lineup's just not good. But there's like a three man here, right? It's the three lefties that we talked about on the podcast yesterday. It's Friddle, it's Fraley, it's Vossler. Um, you know, the only downside is like potentially using all three outfield spots for a three man. So like maybe I just don't play Cincinnati because I really don't think I want to play Vossler at first base. We have some really good options today. Yeah. They, they burn me on Monday night. I have probably 20% of that three man on Monday night and it just, they didn't do anything. They had opportunities too, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fraley smoked one that it, it just hung up a little bit too much and like it wasn't going out or anything, but it was ticketed for the gap. Um, just didn't quite get down. But even so, like probably weren't getting there. Elder was was better than I expected to, him to be. Kudos kudos to him. Kyle Wright is a better pitcher than Elder. Um, I don't know if he's perfectly healthy in this start. I don't know what the what how much of a leash he's going to have. But seeing eighty four pitches from Kyle Wright, I think he's more talented than Elder. So I think he can have a lot of success in this spot. I'm I'm probably not going to stack against him. And uh, Cincinnati's prices are just, they're still out of whack. That's part of why I liked it. Like, I knew nobody was playing for Ailey at 5K on Monday Night Slate. He got a $500 decrease. Still nobody's playing him. Um, but I, I think I tried that. It didn't quite work out. I'm probably off of, a, off of Cincinnati here. Ursula with the double for everybody that swapped from Rendon to Ursula. You get the RBI double. Um, if, so if both you're winning money in, swap, on Monday night, that? care if you're winning money on Monday night, be careful because these angels are coming. <laughs> um, yeah, for anybody that like swapped from Renfro to Ragnifo or Ursula, I'm assuming that's what most people swapped. I know on Fanduel I swapped to Longoria. Um, so yeah, I mean. Either Jesse. one of those guys that you swap to off to a, a solid start here. Very nice. I have a lot more Ringipo than I started with because of the Rendon scratch. Um, Jesse and Chad also just said that Kyle Wright is confirmed. So there was definitely yeah. speculation on that. So Atlanta beat right. I heard he was with the team before we jumped on, but uh, officially confirmed according to Jesse and Chad. Sweet. Um, 
yeah, everything I had read said he was gonna. I mean, and like with Freed out and um, what is it Dodd who's been struggling? Um, I mean, all Elder like did was like he kind of maybe earned a rotation spot until Freed got back with his you know back to back solid outings here. So, all right, uh, Atlanta bats against Sessa. Sessa's a low strikeout guy, sixteen point nine percent, five x fit type of guy. Um, I already looked, he doesn't throw a cutter, so we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> um, he relies a lot on his slider fastball combination. He's not a big strikeout guy against Atlanta. Seems worrisome to me. I think Atlanta stack very much in play today. Yeah, completely agree. Um, this lineup is just so good. They're always in play. Even, um, even though I liked Ashcraft a ton, yesterday like we talked about i still played some atlanta stacks because they're just so talented um like it they're expensive but you do have the 7k options like you can still go 9k pitcher 7k pitcher and make this atlanta stack work um you might have to leave out like an albies or, or an olsen but very much in play um good hitters park better when it gets warmer but still still a good hitters park here um sessa has is, is fly ball lean low strikeout like you mentioned um and and really not stretched out like he's probably going 80 85 pitches and the cincinnati bullpen is nothing to be afraid of either so this is this is a great spot for the atlanta bats um worth paying up for in my opinion yeah um what's up youtube hope everyone is having a fantastic um monday night just wanted to say that I know a lot of people are saying what's up and uh, we always appreciate everyone hanging out with us. Um, Jesse dropping some knowledge here with the confirmed Kyle Wright news. Um, so yeah, I mean, just a shout out to that really quick. We had someone, I don't remember if it was grinders live or if it was a comment on the podcast or on YouTube or in the chat yesterday, they wanted us to talk bullpens really quick. This is just bottom five coming into the season. Oakland. Terrible. Los Angeles Angels, Tigers, Pirates, Rockies. Um, Reds are right after that. They're 20. They were like the sixth worst projected um, bullpen. Rangers 23rd too. So, um, you know, going back to the conversation yesterday. So it's just funny. I, I didn't, I it wasn't on the pod yesterday, obviously. I, I didn't catch the conversation, but I was digging in that into that today. And Oakland is like historically bad at this point. Obviously, that's yeah. not going to continue, but like they're they're way worse than anyone else. Yeah. So, the, I mean, they there was I mean, it's like a point system rankings for the site that I use. Um, and it, they're like way down, uh, way down there. So. All right. We're cruising along. We got the White Sox at Minnesota taking on the Twins. I know this is a game that, you know, we we're wanting to kind of talk about this game is an eight total. Twins are 148 favorites. Lance Lynn, Pablo Lopez. We'll go Lance Lynn first here. I thought Lance Lynn was going to come out and have a really solid game against the Giants, and he just does not look good to start the season. Um, I'm a little concerned. What are your thoughts on Lance Lynn? I'm concerned as well. Um, didn't look great in the WBC. I don't know if that just affected his rhythm. But very slow start for him. He's also not getting any younger. Um, I think he's found an awesome groove late in his career here where he has a pitch mix that works, and he, he just has been okay, like a really solid, very durable pitcher for the last several years. But 
I'm concerned about him um, early on in this season. Like he handled Houston okay, but that that last one, after his struggles in the in the WBC, I thought maybe he had gotten back on track um, after the his first start against Houston. I'm concerned again now that I've seen him struggle against San Francisco. I will say San Francisco is extremely left-handed, which has been a bugaboo of Lance Lynn's career the entire time through. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly how many lefties Minnesota is going to be able to throw at him. Like if they come out with an extremely right-handed heavy lineup, maybe I have more interest, but again, this is like the, the Kyle Wright conversation, like nine K I'd rather play the guys that are seven, three and seven, seven before I go up to Lance Lynn at nine K. And if I'm trying to get to nine K, I can probably get to 9,900, which we know there's guys that we want to play up there. He's in, he's at a really tough price point. He's struggling early in the season. I don't see a reason to do it on the slate. Yeah. I mean, so many great points there. Um, uh, I mean, the price one, two, the matchup's not fantastic. Um, I mean, they have four or five lefties potentially. And like, we really want Lynn to face like a six, seven um, right-handed heavy lineup type of lineup. So um, I mean, just I'm gonna drop some knowledge on you real quick uh, because I looked into it. Because I, I mean, I, I really thought we were gonna see a much better start from Lance Lynn last time out. It was his lowest velocity on average since July 20th of 2017. Um, so it dipped a mile and a half lower than his opening day start. Um, so to say I'm concerned is to, is definitely um, a thing because if he's going to go out and throw fastballs 50 to 55% of the time, and they're going to average 91 miles an hour, he's going to get crushed in major leagues. Um, so I'm concerned. And yeah, um, you, you mentioned fastballs, but then he throws variations of the fastball, like a sinker and a cutter. Like, yeah, like those are very velocity dependent as well. So very concerned for Lance His cutter was 1.6 miles an hour on average slower. Yeah. Like it's just his whole pitch, his whole pitch, like <laughs> he throws it's like all four different. Yeah. yeah. So velocity. like, yeah, it's just, it was all down 1.5 to 2.2 from his first start. So, I mean, is that fatigue? Is that not being fully stretched out and them trying to stretch him out? Um, I mean, it's five days again. Like this is like another spot where, I don't know. Um, I, I can say with certainty, I'm probably not playing Lance Lynn today. I think that I'm not, I'm not really touching this range in general. I mean, you can make an argument maybe for May or Burns, but I, I mean, Otani and DeGrom, I feel like are underpriced for what they are. And I, you can just play those guys with some of these cheaper guys that we have, and you don't have to mess with this range. But that also means this, this range might be a little bit lower owned, but I don't think Lance Lynn would be the guy for me. I think Burns or May have more strikeout upside in general, so I'm leaning on those guys more anyway. All right, uh, Pablo Lopez, other side of this game. Um, I mean, yeah, what, what's what's not to like about Lopez here? Uh, absolutely nothing. I think he is at least a thousand underpriced. Dude has come out and been awesome since his transition to Minnesota. I thought he was a really talented pitcher in Miami. Like I love the the pitch mix. He's got 95 on the fastball. He throws an excellent changeup. He just had a bad year last year. And I think Minnesota made a very savvy move in acquiring him. Like they gave up a decent player in a rise, but like, I don't know. He he's not gonna hit any for, for any power. He's obviously a fantastic contact hitter, 
But I really liked the acquisition of Pablo Lopez. It's bearing fruit earlier. He's been awesome in his first two starts. This Chicago lineup is, again, dealing with injuries. Eli Jimenez on the IL. Yohan Moncada missed last game, uh, was scratched. Tim Anderson is now dealing with a little bit of something. He has, has a knee injury. Like, we saw this last year. The White Sox were expected to be, like, World Series contenders. And by middle of the season, like, they were a lineup we were picking on, especially with right-handed pitching. Pablo Lopez is a very talented pitcher. He's 7,300, and he's got two eight-strikeout games in his first two starts. He's way too cheap for this matchup. Like, I, I absolutely love Pablo Lopez. There are three other pitchers I absolutely love, and I think they're underpriced on this slate, but Pablo Lopez needs to be in that conversation. So we'll say this, right? The Chicago White Sox have started the season on fire against right-handed pitching. They have one of the lowest – they have the lowest strikeout rate or second lowest strikeout rate in baseball against right-handed pitching. They have the second best WRC plus in baseball against right-handed pitching. This is not that same lineup. Like you mentioned Tim Anderson. Highly doubt he plays in this game. Um, it will be uh, – Makata, I think, is a question mark. Um, may or may not play. So we'll kind of see if he's in there or not. Um, Again, Jimenez. it's a back injury for Mankata. We've seen this in the past with Mankata. Like, it's just zapped his power. Same thing, Christian Yelich. Power not the same after a back injury. Mankata's been dealing with his back for years. He's not the same. He was an elite, elite prospect when they acquired yeah. him for Chris Sale. He is no longer that guy. Like, we just just keep that in mind. But, yeah, sorry. No, you're good. Um so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have interest in Pablo Lopez in this spot. I just wanted to throw it out there that, like, this lineup has not been striking out. They've been patient. Um, but, again, I think this is a great spot for Pablo Lopez. There's not a lot of left-handed power in this lineup, and that's kind of what he struggles with. Um, so, yeah, I mean, great signing by Minnesota with Lopez here. Let's talk bats. Anything that you like here for the White Sox? So I think you can still target some home runs. Um, like, I don't love Benintendi as a one-off. Like, I'd rather play him in a stack. There's just not enough power there. Luis Robert has been really good to start the season. I think he is an elite talent. Um, but I just I can't find a stack here. Uh, Lopez has good control. I don't see him getting blown up in this spot. It'd be a three-man at most, and I'm struggling to find even three. Like, if Sheets is in the lineup possibly um just as a, as a cheap lefty bat with a little bit of pop um yeah i mean i i just i don't really see myself getting to even even the three man but that's the only thing i'm even even considering we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I don't think I do it. Like I said, they've been a really solid team to start the year, but I don't think this is the spot. Um, Minnesota on the other side of this game... I mean, so I will say, like, Correa's banged up right now. Um, Gallo's banged up right now. Max Kepler got put on the IL. Maybe I do have interest in Lance Lynn. If Lance Lynn's going to be, like, 5 to 10%, the potential lineup of this, like, it, it's not good. Um, like, I was, like, I, I really didn't want to play Lance Lynn, and then I, like, looked at, like, what lineup they rolled out on Monday, and I'm, like, Oh man, this is not good. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, all, I all their lefties are hurt now that you mentioned that. I'm looking at the same thing. Like <laughs> no Kepler, yeah. no Gallo would be a problem. Yeah, I mean, like, if they if they roll a lineup out with like five, six, seven righties, I mean, my interest for Lynn might go up a little bit. Like as of right now, I don't really have an interest in any of the bats. I mean, there's nothing like jumping off the page to me here. Yeah, I mean Larnock would be the only one um, don't love 4k. If he was 3,500, have, I'd have a lot of interest. I think he's in play as a one-off just like of the lefties that are remaining and should start. Larnock would be my guy, but it'd be a one-off and that's about it. All right, Keith, before we move on to the next game, you want to guess what Anthony Rendon's ownership was in the one twenty-one single entry on DraftKings tonight? I mean, 5% a steal. So, 13.5%. If you guys don't have the Rotor Grinders alert app, you should get it. It's that's, fantastic. That's rake free, baby. Yeah. Rake free tournament tonight. Yep. I mean, you can still cash with a zero, but I mean, you can. Baseball is the one sport where it, it won't kill you, but you like if you would just pivot it to Rangifo and eat the money, that's a, that's a smash. Yep. So if you don't have the Rotor Grinders alert app, get it. It's fantastic. Seattle at Chicago taking on your Cubbies. No total in this game. Um, so I, I'll look up the weather here in just a second. We got Flexen and Hayden Wisinski. I would guess that's how he mentions his name. Um, you're the Cub guy. You're going to tell me I'm wrong. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about Chris Flexen. Yeah, uh, low strikeouts. I don't know why there's not a total. Um like Flexen's first start, I believe. I'll have to double check that. No, he's pitched actually. Yeah, I have no idea why there's not a total in this game. Because of Wrigley Wind, it's they hardly ever have totals up the night before. We got 13 to 16 miles an hour blowing out 71 degree weather tomorrow in Wrigley. Chris Flexen is an extreme fly ball guy. Um, I definitely am <laughs> not playing him. <laughs> yeah. Um I didn't want to play Flexen anyway, to be honest. So, yeah. All right. Tell me about uh, let, here one more time. Wes Nitsky? Was Nesky. Nesky. All right. You can call him Wes Nasty if you prefer. Oh, gosh. Is he good? <laughs> I haven't looked at his up. slider is filthy. He, he was disappointing in his first start. His spring was nasty. He was 93 to 95 last year. Velocity's been up to 97, 98 this year. As a, a Homer Cubs fan, yeah, I, I think he's good. 
Am I playing him against Seattle with the wind blowing out at $7,800? Hell no. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, yeah, I, grades I think, out as a top 100 prospect, above average slider. Um, okay. And, and the velocity is up like two to three ticks this year. He, he's legit. He deserves to be a top 100 prospect. I'm very excited about him. This is not the spot for him, especially especially if the wind's blowing out. Yeah, I mean, check the weather. Um, check the weather for sure. Um, but as of right now, it looks like we're going to get pretty favorable hitting conditions in Wrigley. Uh, I mean, we we saw him pitch a little bit last year, right? But wasn't it out of the bullpen? He he didn't start no, last year, did he? He did. He made about four or five starts last year, and the slider played up. It absolutely translated. The slider is like a, a 70 grade pitch. Like if you're familiar with scouting scales, like 20 to 80, it's like a true 70 slider. It's a legit put away pitch. The problem is he was only like 93. So he's projecting it as like a fourth starter, but he's been up to like 97, 98 in the spring. So there's, there's thoughts that he's taken a step forward in stuff. Like I said, he was disappointing in his first, his first time out. It was against this terrible Cincinnati team that like we just saw uh, elder in Cincinnati, let, let's be fair. It was in Cincinnati too, and he, and he gave up a couple of home runs. He's gonna be a fly ball strikeout guy, like, like he's he's not gonna put the ball on the ground a bunch. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was a rough outing for him first time around. I think this is kind of that in that similar mold though. Like he, he's gonna have home run problems early in his career. This is a spot where C- Seattle could get him for a couple of home runs. He doesn't have a super long leash, and he's overpriced. If he was sixty eight hundred, I'd have a t- I would have more interest. Um, 7,800 with Pablo Lopez right there. Uh, Alex Manoa right there. Like those are just better pitchers at this point in their career. Uh, no reason to play Wesneski in, in DFS. Yeah, but they're also going to have so much more ownership. Well, you're I need wrong. to check the wind in the morning or, I mean, kind of see what Weather Edge is saying about the wind because there's strikeouts in this lineup. Um, you know, Tioscar is a big strikeout guy. Suarez is a big strikeout guy. Those are like everyday players. So, um, Julio Rodriguez is a fantastic hitter, one of the better hitters in baseball. He strikes out 25% of the time. So, I mean, I mean, um, I love spots like this, and like they're not that great against sliders. Like, they're actually really bad against sliders from what I'm looking at here. Like, I don't know, man. If the weather permits it, I might actually have a tournament shot or two on this kid. Um, because like you said, he, I mean, his everything I'm reading now, um, Shame on me for not knowing who, who this guy was, but he didn't even give up a lot of home runs last year. 33 innings, had a .82 home run per nine, really good whip in the majors, big-time strikeout stuff through the minors. So I don't know. This is one of those spots where I hope, like, night before, wind and Wrigley is wrong, and we get, like, a crosswind or something, and we might be able to say, hey, I'm going to play DeGrom or Otani with this kid instead of Manoa, and then I can play whatever bats I want um, kind of thing. So then it's a 1v1 pitcher situation. And I, I think, like, those are the those are the things that, like, people just overlook sometimes. Um, oh, I, I just, mean, I love that as far as a plan of attack in tournaments. That's exactly why I played Graham Ashcraft over Elder today on Monday night. Same exact thing that you just described. So if there, if there's no wind blowing out, I'm much more interested. Because I I do believe in the the stuff I believe in the prospect I just he's a little bit overpriced but would it surprise me if he went out there and got seven strikeouts over five or six clean innings it would not the leverage right the leverage yep. is what I'm looking at the leverage yep. potential is what I'm looking at all right um, Cubs bats I mean if we do get favorable weather here I mean, Chris Flexen is 
or no Seattle bats. Sorry. Um, I always start with the visiting team. What's Seattle bats. If you're not playing him, um, would you take some shots on here? I mean, Julio, you can play against anybody. If we've got wind blowing out, then this becomes a pretty decent spot. In my opinion, I have no idea what ownership is going to look like. It depends on the weather report, obviously, but I'm targeting power here. Um, Julio Rodriguez, Teoscar Hernandez, Eugenio Suarez, if Raleigh actually cracks the lineup when we want to play him, that that would be fantastic. Um, <laughs> I'd say those are my top four options. Um, I don't really have, like, I don't know what to do with AJ Pollock. I, I want to see it from him. Obviously, coming off a down year last year, I'd much rather play him against a lefty. If Kellenic was in the lineup, I'd have interest there. Um, young guy with some pop. But uh, Julio, Suarez, France, probably the, the and Teoscar expensive but worth it if the wind's blowing out um yeah i mean the guy that i i think i'd have the most interest here if the weather is favorable is suarez i know it's righty righty um but big fly ball hitter so i mean that's kind of what i'm looking for i'm looking for the home run if the wind is blowing out and it's favorable you know going to the other side of this game um flexen's a low strikeout pitcher that's a fly ball pitcher like you mentioned i mean chicago cubs on paper not going to look great but i mean chicago cubs would be an excellent tournament stack here you got bellinger you got hap bellinger is a big fly ball guy wisdom righty righty is a big fly ball guy and we've seen some reverse split trends um for flexen so i mean all these guys would be in play for me i think the cubs would be a fantastic stack if that weather is really a thing I'm seeing There's... nine and a half totals too. So, I mean, if it's a nine and a the half total. Real. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, like Flexen is a big fly ball guy, but he like does a decent job of limiting damage like generally. So if you're seeing nine and a half total, that's a big total. Um, so I think we are going to be dealing with a little bit of wind here. Uh, I love the wisdom call. The, the Cubs are priced up too. So I, even if the wind is blowing out, I'm not sure many people are playing them. Like, Swanson, Happ, and Wisdom were all over 5K. Uh, Nico Horner, 4,600. Bellinger's the guy that's going to get massive ownership, 3,400. If if you get wind blowing out to center or right center, Bellinger's going to be extreme chalk. But I love the Wisdom pivot. Even Happ is a great play. Um, I, I, a guy that could crack the lineup that has massive power is Edwin Rios, 2,800. Um, I, yeah. I would absolutely love great him call. as a pivot off of Bellinger. Uh, Mancini's got big power. He's 2,900. All these power hitters are going to be in play. If we got even, even 10 mile an hour wins out and assuming that they're not like 20, 25% owned. Um, all right. Got my over Urias five and a half strikeouts. So that's nice. Don't have to sweat that one anymore. Nice. Moving on to Kansas city at Texas Lyles against DeGrom in this one. Um, Eight total. Rangers a 275 favorite. Uh, we'll go Jordan Lyles first. I mean, Jordan Lyles, I don't think I want to play Jordan Lyles on this slate. Do you? No, I do not want to play Jordan Lyles on this slate or probably many others. I mean, Texas is beatable, right? Like Texas lineup, there's a ton of strikeouts in this lineup. We're going to talk about it all year. Uh, we targeted them yesterday against Granky. Lyles is not much better than Granky, to be honest at this point in their careers like they're probably really similar um stat wise and pitch wise so I think this is another spot where I, I think you just you're not playing Jordan Lyles and you probably we you know we're probably going to talk about some of these Texas bats um 
going to the flip side, Jacob DeGrom, I hope you all listen to me. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I, I laid it out. I, I said why you should go back to DeGrom. 11 strikeouts, 6 innings, 92 pitches. I mean, why are we not playing him against Kansas City would be my question. Um, I think, hands down, top option on the slate today. 100% agree. I did listen to you last time. I almost took down a tournament with him. I finished third. Um, I forget. I had a, a mini Houston stack. I forget who my main stack was. Um, yeah, not not important, but... Yeah, 92 pitches in his last outing, 11 Ks. The pitch count is really all we care about. The matchup does not matter. As long as he is fully stretched out and going to get somewhere between 90 and 100 pitches, he has the highest upside on any slate that he's on. This is the best pitcher on the planet. I know he's dealt with injuries. He's been going through some things, like the control escaped him a little bit when he was trying to come back from injury. Still has the best raw stuff on the planet. 9,900 is way too cheap, especially against a weak offense like Kansas City. Like, completely agree. Otani is fantastic also, but DeGrom, even though he's a little bit more expensive, still my number one pitcher on the slate. Uptick in velocity. Again, 98.8 on average on his fastball um, in that start against Baltimore. Like, injuries be damned. Um, He looks fantastic. He got unlucky in his first start, and he pitched fantastic against Baltimore. Love this spot for DeGrom against Kansas City. This is one of those spots where, like, I'm not even going to hedge stack it. Um, I have no interest in Kansas City bats here. Me either. Christian Walker home run. Um, I almost nice. wrote that up on Scores and Odds today. I was, like, very, very close to writing that up on Scores and Odds today. I love I love the Arizona righties in general um, as, a like, a three-man today. And Christian Walker is somebody I've talked up also on, on Crunch Time, if you were listening. So, um, anyway, um, sorry, I got sidetracked. Anyway, we're moving on to the Texas bats. Like I said, I mean, Lyles has a little bit better strikeout rate than Granky, but I mean, this might be a spot like we go back to the well on like a Texas secondary stack here. I don't know if I full stack them, and I said that yesterday and they scored a gazillion runs, but <laughs> like even scoring a bunch of runs, you know, only a few guys are really going to be difference makers in those games. Um, I mean, I think they're a good secondary stack again today. Yeah, there's a lot of power in this lineup. Lyles has a fly ball home run problem. So I'm very comfortable if you want to target power one-offs, if you want to target a mini stack. And I don't even hate three-man stacking them. Um, I don't think this KC bullpen is is very good. I love Seager in this spot. Nate Lowe, I think, is an outstanding play for a little bit cheaper. Uh, Jonah Heim is a cheap catching option hit a home run on Monday night. I think you can go right back there. Um, power lefties, I think would be my first look, but I don't, I don't hate the full stack either because you can get like a Josh young in there. Who's got power and is cheap at third. Um, Garcia had a grand slam on Monday night, 4,800. Like I don't mind the full stack. I think I'd probably use it more as a three man or power one-offs, but I, I love the power upside here. I think there's, there's potential for this to be a top stack too. Corey Seager's 3K on um, FanDuel. I highlighted that on lineup HQ yesterday. Uh, we talked about it on Grinders Live. Dean's like, why are you playing Seager? I'm like, why are you not playing Seager? Um, you know, he was, I mean, and I get like, I, I get like Witt was really cheap. Um, like Bobby Witt Jr. was 3K. 
Profar was like 20, he's 2800 again. Um, so I mean, I get why like those shortstops were cheap on Fandle, but I mean, I thought Seeger was an excellent play at his price and it, it worked out. It doesn't always work out, but it worked out today. Um, that's it, man. I don't really have anything else to add on the Texas bats. I'm with you. I think I target the lefties. We're going to course. We got St. Louis at Colorado, 12 total. Rockies, no, Cardinals, 164 favorite. Miles Mikolas, Kyle Freeland. Um, Miles Mikolas, 6,600. I know like the price is really, really low here. Um, Miles Mikolas throws a lot of junk. You know, this is a guy that really kind of is his breaking ball and his command is like his biggest thing. But I mean, when you're throwing sinkers and curveballs 45 ish percent of the time, you're not going to pitch well in course. I agree. It, like he's been struggling to start the year. The K's have been up, but he's been getting hit hard, which is like the like he's been a contact manager throughout his career, an absolute control artist. The control has still been there, but the K's have been up and the hard contact has been up. I this is not a good spot for Miles Michaelis. I think it's like I I prefer targeting Colorado against lefties, but I don't know, like the breaking stuff is not going to be breaking at high altitude. So I'm, I'm very concerned. Definitely not playing him. Just trying to figure out what I want to do with Colorado. I'm not playing Mikolas here. Um, like you said, he's been struggling. He got paid. I mean, he's extended. He's, he's good. He's, you know, he's set for the rest of his life now. So, um, but yeah, I mean the command being an issue for him and him not like hitting spots, like he's not walking people, but like, look at like some of the data and you can tell that like he's struggling with command. He's not getting like the ball down. He's leaving it up. Um, and I mean, that's not what you want to do in course against anybody really Kyle Freeland on the other side of this game. I mean, he's off to a really solid start to start the year, but I mean, you really don't want to play many lefties against St. Louis anyway. And you probably really don't want to play many lefties against them in course um, in 82 degree weather. Um, so yeah, not playing Freeland today. Yeah. Uh, me either. St. Louis is the chalk of the slate. There's no doubt about that. Goldschmidt, Arenado, Contreras. I think those are the three guys you want to build around. They're also three of the most expensive guys on the team. Contreras actually not that bad. 4,200. Um, O'Neal, I would expect him back in the lineup here at 4,300. I know I read something like he didn't hustle on a play and they put him in the doghouse. Whatever. He's going to be back in the lineup here today. Um, Yepis is 3K. Walker is 2,900. So we get some cheap value that likely going to be massive chalk. Um, with that in mind, Keith, what are you thinking here for St. Louis? Yeah, I mean, I need to build some lineups and figure out how. Like, they're obviously the – they're going to grade out as the best plays on the slate. Um, they're most of them are underpriced, I would say. Like O'Neill, 4,300 in course field should probably be 5k. Like Goldschmidt should, like he's 5,600. That's a happy price tag, but he's the best play on the slate, and it's not even close. He should be 6,100 probably. Arenado, same same deal, should be 6k. The, these righties, Contreras should be 5k. Um, like. They're a little bit underpriced. They have the most upside on the slate. It's just going to be solely dependent upon ownership. I was way underweight on them on Monday night because I felt like Marquez was a pretty decent pitcher. And I just, I preferred the spot for Los Angeles, the Angels. I don't know that I have that kind of a pivot on this slate. St. Louis is going to be far and away the best rated stack, in my opinion. 
it's just it, it depends on where the ownership number is. Like I can't, I'm not going to completely fade them like I tried to do on Monday night. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. I'm going to have some just because them against a lefty, they were the best team in baseball against lefties last season. And they're, they've only gotten better by adding Wilson Contreras at the the catcher position and um, Jordan Walker as one of the best prospects in baseball in the outfield. Like this lineup against lefties is dangerous. I don't know if I can fade them. I'm just, it's, I'm debating whether I want to go overweight their massive ownership or not. Yeah. I mean, it, it's tough because the, the matchup is fantastic. Me and me and Dean were talking about on grinders live. He thinks the Cardinals are going to be the best team in baseball against left-handed pitching. I think the angels are going to be the best team in baseball against left-handed pitching. So um, just a fun debate. Love the Cardinals. Ownership worries me, but the spot, like even if this game wasn't in cores, I would have a ton of interest in the Cardinals bats. Um, that, the fact that like the weather is going to be, right yeah, like, I mean the fact when that the weather is going to be great in cores too. Eh? That that's one of the like when deciding whether you want to fade cores or not, like you you take that and put it in the other park. Like if this game was in St. Louis, would I have interest in playing Cardinals bats against Kyle Freeland? Hell yeah, I would absolutely. Yeah. So yep. that's a really tough fade when you put it in into uh, Coors Field. I mean, looking at the other side of this game, uh, lost struggling. I mean, this Colorado lineup's not the best lineup in the world. Uh, I want to play Rockies because I think they'll be the lower owned team here. Um, but they're they're obviously not the best team in the world right now. Agree. Derek asked in chat if it pains me to talk up the Cardinals. Yes, it's the worst thing in the world. And I've been talking them up and playing a ton of them, and and I haven't made any money off of them. So the Cardinals owe me. Derek and Dave and all these Cardinals fans that we got in the chat here. Um, uh, Colorado Bats, I think I'm interested in in attacking Michaelis for the reasons that we talked. Like, Michaelis just hasn't looked right to begin the year. He's a junk ball pitcher. Like, I know the strikeouts have been there, but I don't think that stuff is going to generate the same amount of swings and misses. I didn't, I haven't dug into the data. I assume that it's uh, swings and misses and not called strikes like that. That does matter for cores, but the breaking balls just are not going to break his fall as far in altitude. It's just facts. It's science. Um, So I have a ton of interest in Colorado here. Like Cronin and Brian are priced up. McMahon, I think is underpriced at 4,800. Blackman at 4,700. I'm fine with that. 
Diaz has had a couple of good games in a row, 3,500 and Phil's catcher. Prefer Montero against a lefty, but if Mustakas is in there, I love him against Michaelis at, at 2,700. Like anytime I can get a punt type bat in Coors Field, I'm all about that, especially with one that has the power of Mustakas. I hope that I, I know the Cardinals are going to be chalk. I hope Colorado comes in a little bit lower owned and I can take an overweight stance on Colorado. For what it's worth, really quick, too, um, to start the season, his swinging strike rates at like 10.6% last season, 8.4%. I think that's going to be something that we see come down a little bit. Um, so I guarantee yeah, it I mean, won't be 10% in course field. Yeah, I guarantee it won't be 10% at the end of the season. Um, <laughs> I, okay, I won't guarantee it, but I don't think it will be. How about that? Washington, Adelaide taking on the Angels. Uh, eight total, Otani against Gray. Otani, the Angels, 330 favorite here. Um, yeah, I mean, Josiah Gray, I mean, he pitched really solid last time out in Coors. Um, I, I don't know if I can get behind that, especially I really think the Angels lineup is sneaky good just in general. Um, what are your thoughts on Josiah Gray? There's talent there. We know he, like the, the lefties are going to be a problem. We know that. Um, but the, the Angels are honestly pre- pretty right-handed heavy, especially while um, their first baseman, Walsh, is still on the IL. I think you can take shots. That like The price is pretty good. There are some strikeouts in the, in the Angels lineup. I don't know how much I need it because I absolutely love two 7K plays and I love two 9K plays, including the other guy on the other side of this game. Not sure how much I get there, but I think he's in play. Like if I'm, if I need a super punt, Gray's the guy. Like I think I can see past to him having a, a solid outing here. Yeah. Um, my only issue is like walks. This is a very patient team. Um, so Otani is still going to be in the lineup. <laughs> you know, we can't play him. <laughs> yeah hitting wise so um yeah i mean i i don't think i can do it there's some good options today he's cheap and i get that i just i don't think i can do it i can on the other hand though um definitely play otani in this spot against one of the worst offenses in baseball i know they got to suarez um luckily like i pivot off of suarez to elder for the most part yesterday but i mean this is a spot we I really think we want to play Otani. Yeah, he like the Grom's more under pitches last time out, dude. 111 pitches. Yeah, if he's gonna have that kind of leash, like this is a guy that could put up some some nasty, nasty numbers. And I don't know what the Angels' plans are with him. He's obviously a free agent at the end of the season. If they don't have plans to re-sign him, they could do this all season long and just let him go 110 pitches every time out and just try to make one last run. Like it, it's uh, the worst thing in baseball over the last couple of years that we haven't seen Trout and Otani in the playoffs together because the Angels can't form a team around them. I think they've done a better job this year. We'll see. Um, Otani against Washington is an absolute smash. I think he has a better matchup than DeGrom. I just I think DeGrom has slightly better stuff and slightly more strikeout upside, but I still absolutely love Otani. I will pay up for both of them as much as I can. But the, the two guys in the 7K range are are both absolutely awesome plays also, which is why like guys like Gray on the other side of this game, not sure how much you need them on this this slate. There are four pitchers that are pretty straightforward, amazing plays on this slate. 
Yeah, um, Derek in chat says I will. I will definitely have Degrom Otani lineup. Yes, you should. Yeah. Um, if you're playing cash games, that's where you should start. Um, and then I mean, there's so much value on this slate, especially in cash games, that I think you have to legitly consider playing both of these guys. And they're both under 10k on DraftKings on Fanduel. Otani is 10.8. Degrom is 10.6. Um, Manoa is 9.900. So like Pablo Lopez is 96. Like. On Fanduel, I'm probably getting up to Degrom or Otani as well. Uh, with the pricing on these other guys up there, I, I feel like I'm going to make it a point to pay up for pitching on Fanduel today. It's crazy how the Fanduel game is like. DraftKings has loosened their price in, on pitching, and Fanduel has tightened it. It's made it like a very different game. Like DraftKings pricing on on pitching is way too loose this year, and even even last year it was too. I like the tighter pricing for what it's yeah, worth. Me too. All right, bats. Anything for Washington? No, nothing for Washington. No interest in attacking Otani. Yeah, I mean the bat that I want to play against Gray is Otani, but we can't play him. Um, I mean, I think you could take shots on Trout, Renfro. Um, Renfro is just he he hits for power. Like it doesn't matter if it's a lefty or righty, he hits for power. What are your thoughts here um, on the Angels bats? Yeah, I mean, I I want lefties, and they're just they don't have any power lefties outside of Otani, who, like you said, is pitching, and we can't play him as a hitter. Rengifo at thirty seven hundred, like just look at, take a minute and go to Fangraphs and look at Josiah Gray's splits, righties versus lefties. Like he just gives up a massive amount of power to lefties. The problem is, like Otani might hit two home runs here, and we can't play him. Rengifo is thirty seven hundred. He's not a power hitter. Um, Jake Lamb, 2,400. If he's in the lineup, I love him as a one-off. Like, absolute, like Jake Lamb is probably hitting a home run today. I, I'm not stacking Angels. I think Josiah Gray has talent. I think he's much better against righties. Um, Jake Lamb is my one, as the one-off is, is my call. All right, fair enough. Milwaukee at Arizona. Burns and Kelly, eight and a half total. Uh, Burns, the Brewers, a 136 favorite. Any interest here in Burns? If I knew Burns was right, this is a smash spot at 8,500 for him. It's been a really rough go. And this goes back to spring training. He was complaining about the pitch clock changes and the new rules. I'm very concerned about Corbin Burns. I don't, like, I don't know what to do. I think he's far more talented than the Arizona Diamondbacks. But I need to see it first, I think, especially on a slate when I have Otani and DeGrom underpriced and pitchers below him underpriced. I, I don't know what to do with Corbin Burns. Unless he's coming in like sub 5%, I don't see any reason to play him here. Another guy that, like, his velocity is down enough where I'm concerned. Um, you know, this is a guy that... He's a he throws his cutter a ton. Like he is a guy that goes out and throws his cutter. Um, and like that's gonna be like his main like he doesn't throw a ton of like two or forcing fastballs. Like it's just gonna be a lot of cutters and the velocity's down. Um, I mean, like you said, he he was complaining he didn't have the best spring. Um looking into how this team performs up against cutters, this might be a get right spot for Corbin Burns at eighty five hundred. Um, Kettle Marte is like the only guy in this lineup that is really good against cutters. But I mean, 
there's been crazier things that you do with a guy at 8,500. So I think like you have to have some interest in Burns at this price point. Like he, he yeah, just I mean, his ceiling is way too high not to have interest in him. Right. It, would it surprise me if Corbin Burns struck out 12 guys today? Absolutely not. It would not surprise me. So I like to that point, if there's any guy on this slate that has the upside of Otani and DeGrom, it's absolutely Corbin Burns. He just hasn't had anywhere near the form of those two guys yet. Yeah, it just doesn't look good. So we'll see if he can have it. Like I said, this might be like the get right spot. And like, to be fair, to be fair, like he faced the Mets last time out. They're a pretty low strikeout team. Um, I mean, there's no excuse that I have for him against the Cubs. But (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like it's not high Babbitt. So, I mean. It's not like he's getting unlucky. His FIP against the Mets was like 10. Um, it's, he hasn't pitched well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the price is what is intriguing. No. Merrill Kelly on the other side of this game, I mean, he his command is all over the place um, through his first couple starts this season. Not a typical big strikeout guy. Struggles with lefties. This lineup is very balanced lefty-righty. Um, do you have any interest here in Merrill Kelly? No, none. Um, find 200 bucks and play Pablo Lopez. Find 600 bucks and play Alec Manoa or go, or drop down to Josiah Gray. I think there are three far better options. And just because of the, the high-end guys on this slate, like I don't think there's going to be a ton of ownership on these 7K guys. Even like There's going to be no ownership on Gray. So I would much rather play Gray than Kelly. All right. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I'd rather play the guy from the Cubs. I can't think of his name now, but... Um, was Nesky. Yeah, I'd rather play him. Yeah. All right, bats in this one. Roof expected to be open uh, for what it's worth. And they said that it's supposed to be open for this whole series. It's going to be 95. It's going to be one of the best hitting conditions that we have on the slate. Any interest here in the Brewers' bats? Yeah, I think you have to. Um, like... You said the weather alone. Um, Arizona plays much more hitter-friendly when that roof is open. It's still 90 degrees as we're recording this at uh, 11 Eastern on a Monday night. So it's it's going to be warm tomorrow. It's going to be the best hitting weather on the entire slate. Merrill College is not a huge strikeout guy. I'm not a fan of the pricing here for the Brewers. Um, outside of guys like Jesse Winker and Rowdy Tellez, I think are the two that stand out. Garrett Mitchell's off to a, a scorching hot skirt. Yeah. yeah. So, like, those cheap lefties, I think, is is my favorite way to play it. Um, if you want to put in a Contreras, a catcher, or Yelich, or Adamas, I'm fine with that. Brian Anderson has been really good so far this year, but I think I prefer the lefties slightly. They're a little bit cheaper. Um, Tellez, Winker, Mitchell, I, I love that three, man. Uh, I'll also throw out Bryce Terang as well. He's twenty seven hundred second base. I always trying to, I always like finding cheap second baseman. Um, so throw out Bryce Trang as well. Um, he's someone that's off to a, a solid start. So yeah, I mean Winker not being in the lineup Monday was kind of interesting. Um, and it, like Gallon, and they ended up rolling out like Luke Voigt at the DH. So I don't know, man. Like you want Winker to hit, you know he can hit. It's just he's struggling a little bit. You know, dating back to last year. So. 
I think this is a really interesting spot. Mitchell, probably my favorite. Uh, Mitchell is, I, I think he is 2,900, is a great pivot off of some of those St. Louis cheap bats um, that are going to have way more like ownership. And I think that he has the same type of upside um, as some of those guys. He has speed upside too, like super yep. fast dude. Yep. Yeah, always like that. What are you doing here with Arizona? Not touching him. I know Burns hasn't been right, but I just I don't see a way that they put up a, enough runs against Corbin Burns and a really good bullpen is the other angle here. Um, like Milwaukee's known for for their bullpen. I know they've had some turnover, but they they're still really good, especially on the back end. I don't see Burns getting blown up, so I mean I don't even see maybe maybe a Christian Walker one off. I'd like Burns has that cutter, so he neutralizes lefties pretty well too. Corbin Carroll at 3,100. It'd be a, a power one-off at the absolute most, and probably not even that. I want nothing to do. Looking at their numbers against cutters, I, I want nothing to do with this spot. I might, like I said, I might just roll out some burns and hope that this is a get-right spot. All right, we got the Dodgers and the Giants to finish this off. Eight total. Uh, May against Wood. Dodgers, 142 favorites. Any interest here in Dustin May? On a different slate, I would say yes. I think there's a ton of talent here. Obviously, he dealt with the surgery that cost him a year. He's been right in the mid-80s on his pitch count, both his first two starts. I don't think that that's like a I'm not stretched out pitch count. That's like we're going to limit Dustin May to 85 pitches for the most majority of the season pitch count, which is the problem here. It really limits his upside. I think he's an awesome pitcher. If I'm only getting 85 Dustin May pitches, how can I pay the same price for him as, as Shohei Otani? It's or like 700 up to to Jacob Degrom. That's that's the issue. I think May's a talented pitcher. I'm not scared of the matchup. It's just he doesn't have enough leash to get it done. Yeah, I mean, um, the Giants are one of the worst teams in baseball against left-handed pitching. But they've been one of the best teams in baseball against right-handed pitching. Dustin May has a 7.8% swinging strike rate through his first two starts against Arizona. And when we're kind of comparing that and looking at it, like Arizona is a team that strikes out at a pretty high clip. So not generating a lot of swinging strikes against them um, is kind of concerning. So I probably don't play Dustin May at this price point. I, I kind of just say I'm going to play the other two and be done with it. And then Wood on the other side of this game, I mean, struggled last time out against the White Sox, only threw 71 pitches, really just, again, another pitcher that struggled with command. Um, I don't see a need to play him today. He's kind of in no man's land price-wise. Yeah, I mean, priced above Manoa, priced above Pablo Lopez. I'm with you there. I'm not playing Wood. All right, um, let's talk. Some bats, any interest here in the Dodgers bats? I mean, I'm not I'm not scared of Alex Wood necessarily. I think Mookie Betts at second base, like that's extremely intriguing on any slate. I don't necessarily love him. Like just the fact that he leads off for a really powerful offense and is eligible at second base and has speed upside and, and massive power upside is intriguing. I don't love spending all the way up to the 6K range on my one-offs, though, and I'm probably not stacking against Wood. Um, 
I can certainly hunt cheap home, cheap home runs. Trace Thompson is the guy that jumps off the page at 2,900. He probably bats somewhere in the middle of the order. Dude was awesome against lefties last year, off to a really good start this year. So I love Trace Thompson. Will Smith fills a catcher position, but super expensive. J.D. Martinez against the lefty has been a thing for 15 years or so. Chris Taylor, like there's there's plays on the Dodgers here. I guess I've, I've talked myself into a three-man. I was going to say one-offs, but I think of those, like Trace Thompson is the one that really makes me want to get exposure here. I think you can go Thompson, Taylor, Martinez, or Smith and have a really affordable three-man. Um, so I don't want a full stack against Wood. I think he's a decent enough pitcher, but he can certainly give up some damage. Um, and I know I want to play some Trace Thompson. He's just a little too cheap. Yeah, I mean, overall, I think that my favorite kind of three-man here might be like a Mookie Betts, Taylor, um, Taylor, Taylor, right? No, Thompson. Yeah. Tim, Thompson, Thompson Taylor. and Taylor, but Thompson, Taylor, Betts. Um, yeah, the, I thing, the thing that I like about it um, is like you can play Mookie at second base second. now. That's awesome. So yeah. like the flexibility for that three man is massive. Like you could play Taylor at third or shortstop um, and Mookie at second or outfield. So like when you're like building a lineup out, I feel like it's going to be a nice little three man um, kind of filler type of thing. Cause you have so much um, pos- position eligibility there. Uh, the giants bats. I mean, the giants have really not been that bad against, like I said, they've been crushing right-handed pitching to start the year. And we've seen Dustin may miss um, very few bats with his swinging strikes. 84% contact rate. Sneaky stack. I don't think anybody's playing the Giants today. Nobody's playing They're them, I don't think. Too. Yeah, They're really I mean, deep. You could certainly talk me into a Conforto at 3,700. You could talk me into Yaz at 4K. We know Jock has massive power. Um, revenge. Yeah, and revenge. Because <laughs> um, it matters gonna... so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially in baseball, right? He's going to swing twice as hard. Um, I don't, I don't have a ton of interest. Though. I respect may as a pitcher. I think he's like the injuries have obviously set him back, but I still think there's a ton of talent there. He's, he's going to get better with every start, but yeah, there, there are some power lefties that, that intrigue me in that three K range Conforto, Wade, um, and Yaz are like even jock at 47. Totally fine. I probably don't play more than one of them though. I'm just looking for a home run. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, it's a two-game sample size, but, like, looking at the advanced stats for May's first two starts, like, he's gotten really lucky not to get blown up in both of those starts. Um, 62% hard hits to lefties in those two starts. Um, I mean, just a, a, a guy that I feel like this might be one of those spots where, like, nobody is talking about it, and it just – it really just ends up working out. Um I don't know if I full stack it. I don't know if I end up on it at the end of the day. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. They looking at some of these numbers too, like they crush cutter sinker combos. Like, I don't know. I think like looking at all the advanced stats, I might actually have some interest in the giants today. All right, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. YouTube chat. Feel free to play along here under eight K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got today? There are a couple of smash options. I think I'm going with 
how Pablo Lopez has looked this season. White Sox lineup dealing with a couple of injuries, um, which are big deals. And Pablo has been absolutely awesome. So 7,300 for Pablo Lopez, way too cheap. Yeah, I'm going to go Alec Manoa. Um, yep. It's, it's the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the I got, I got nothing else. Um, over 8K to score, under 15. Who's your bust today? So I I think the injuries in Minnesota are less likely to make this happen. Um, we like I don't think I'm playing him on the slate anyway, so I'll, I'll stick with him. But looking at that Minnesota lineup, I'm not as concerned as I was coming in. Lance Lynn... 9K, I'm not getting there. I think he probably gets over 15 in this spot just because of the lineup, but it, it's more like 16 to 18 where there are guys that have 30-plus upside in that range. Yeah, I mean, I want to see what this lineup looks like. Like, my initial thought was I don't love Lance Lynn, but, like, looking at what this lineup could potentially be, I don't know, it might be interesting. I'm going to go Dustin May. Advanced stats tell me I should like the Giants here, so I'm going to trust in some stats. Kyle Wright, probably the, the answer here. Um, yeah, first start of the year, though, coming off the I.L. I, that's, I figured he was off the board. Yeah. All right, hitter over 4K to hit a home run, not in course. Who do you got going yard today? I like Corey Seager to do it on back-to-back nights. Uh, love the matchup against Lyles for Seager. Really cheap on FanDuel. Um, I, like that. I like that call. I think that's a, a fantastic call. I'm going to go off the board today and like this might be like a three, 3% owned guy today, but give me Patrick wisdom. Really like this spot for him. Not, like quietly having a good year. And if the wind is blowing out, like no one's paying 5k for Patrick wisdom today. Definitely going to take some tournament shots on him. Love it. Under 4k to get two hits, not in cores. Who do you got today? I'm going to stick with this Texas stack, and it's going to seem like I love this Texas stack. I'm not saying that I, I love Texas necessarily. I just like there's a, I really love the lefties. And if I can make enough of them work, if Josh Smith grabs a start, he's 2,300. Um, just a decent prospect has, has been making a lot of contact this year. Um, I like him to get two hits for 2,200. Eligible at outfield and shortstop on DK. Nice. Um, I'm going to kind of stay in the same game. I'm going to go Jared Kalinick. Kalinick um, is 3K, and I think the Mariners are kind of I think they're somewhat sneaky here. Um, man, I really hope the weather is not a thing here. It's I, an I interesting it game even without the weather, right? If, if the wind's blowing like, out 20 miles an hour, then everyone's just going to play the hitters. So I, I completely agree with you. Like, I'm I I love Wisniewski obviously as a Cubs fan. I don't know that I play him on this late, but if, if the wind's not too bad, maybe you can get like the pivots. Like Pablo and Manoa are going to be extremely high owned. That pivot to Wisniewski, he's going to be like less than five for sure. My okay, so my initial one was Garrett Mitchell, but um, someone in chat said it before I could talk about it, so I didn't want to say it. Love the Mitchell. Call uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs today. I mean, if Seager's going yard and uh, Smith is getting two hits, Texas is probably putting up six runs. So I'm just going to stick there. Um, I don't think Lyles is a, like a gas can by any means. I just I think Texas sets up pretty well against Jordan Lyles. Fair enough. Um, I'm 
gosh, it feels weird saying this, but I, I don't think Atlanta is going to be that popular today. So give me the Atlanta Braves. Keith, okay. any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, speaking of Atlanta, Kyle Wright, I'm looking at that K prop. I had, haven't checked since we've been on the podcast, but if you can get Kyle Wright's Ks, he had six Ks and 84 pitches in his last rehab start. I think the books might be underestimating that. Cincinnati is striking out a ton this year. We just saw Bryce Elder absolutely mow him down. If that opens at like three and a half, I'd hammer it. Even at four and a half, I think I'm over four and a half Kyle Wright Ks. All right. This is a man. This has the potential of being such a fun slate. It Agreed. really does. A yep. um, lot of different ways to build, a lot of pitching options, a lot of stacks. This has the makings of a really good slate. So, hope everyone has a fantastic Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday talking more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.